Sergio Reyes Villanueva, or simply Sergio as he's known by many, really came into the consciousness of the running nation when as a student at McMaster, he won the 2018 10,000 meter Canadian Championships in an all-out sprint finish, qualifying him for the NACAC Games. But shortly after the Peruvian-born Canadian ran at those NACAC Games, he all but disappeared, with only a few out-of-character races sprinkled in. Flash forward to last month though, and out of nowhere, word came that Sergio had run an unofficial 63:57 debut half marathon time trial with next to no taper or specific training. Of course, we had to follow up, and that's what we do on this week's episode. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, my name is Michael Rokas, and this week, we're joined by Sergio. Alright, so the 2018 Canadian 10,000 meter champion, um, you decided to take on the half marathon in uh, kind of a low-key debut on a on a secret on a top secret workout loop for the for the McMaster guys. A really cool story there. But first, first things first, I have to know since since you won uh, that Canadian championship in 2018, you went to the NACAC Games. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of really cool stuff that year. You you've kind of been uh, a little bit under the radar since. So let's start there, Sergio. Where where have you been the past couple of years? Uh, well, so yeah, na- <laughs> after NACAC, right after NACAC, I. You know, took my usual maybe one week, two week downtime, and then got ready for the cross season at McMaster University. Uh, still being a varsity student there, uh, and and you know, it, it, in a sense, after after doing NACAGs and sort of peaking, let's say that summer, uh, there was a lot of expectations uh, going into the cross season, and you know, I felt pretty confident myself. I felt really good about it. Um, and the first couple races for that cross season after NACAX, uh, they were okay. They weren't they were in my best, and I knew that. Uh, and I just thought, you know, I, I've had a big summer season. It's just going to be a, a slow transition to kind of get the, the legs rolling again to, to get to my competitive side for the cross season and so on. Um, but I, I never quite reached that, in my opinion. And, and you know, that was fine. Can't can have all of them. Pick some valleys. Uh, it's the nature of the sport in any sport, really. Uh, so we moved on to track, the end of track season, and I was really looking forward uh, to that in particular because just the last year I had come second at the 3K uh, for U Sports. And, you know, I after NACAX, I was pretty pretty excited to see what I could really pull out uh, in this championship races. Uh, but, again, as the season progressed, I it, it really felt like, I wasn't performing to my potential, and you know, while, while I had some good races, maybe some okay races, there was never my my good races per se, or any race that I could finish that and be like, "Yep, that's that's me. That's the way I usually run." Um, so it was very, it was a very strange year, uh, I would say, Michael, uh, trying to to figure out the the valley, right, mm-hmm. uh, within that within that. And you know that it turned out to be a very disappointed, disappointing track season for me as well. Uh, it, it wasn't horrible, but it definitely wasn't up to par of what I had done the previous year or what I had even done at NACAX uh, in terms of pace or even just overall feel. I think I came eighth in the 3K uh, for U Sports. Don't quote me on that, but it, it was it was not the position I wanted to be in. 
Uh, but again, I just thought nature of the sport, got to move on. So, you know, now it's been almost a year. It's a summer season now. And, and same thing. Essentially, I just kept, I kept having this very mediocre, maybe sometimes a little better, but most, most of the time just mediocre, at least for my own standards uh, and my own expectations, uh, performances. And, and I, I reached the point that I, I thought something was going on, but... You know, I had already gone to the, our sports doctor at McMaster and so on, just trying to figure out. You know, do I do I have maybe some do I have something that's maybe preventing me from performing to that level? Um, but no, there was nothing. We, we tried a few pulmonary tests uh, just because I had a bit of a cough going on through the season. But at the end of the day, it turned out to at least it seemed to be nothing. And I, I guess in, for an athlete. Well, well, it was great to know that there was nothing wrong, per se. It was also almost frustrating to, to not find an answer, let's say, to this underperformance that I was experiencing. Mm. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, going, going from, you know, NACAX, very, very sort of, sort of peaking in the career, going down to, you know, doing okay and basically mediocre uh, races and such, it, it, it was kind of frustrating and... And and discouraging almost, uh, but you know you just put your head down and you keep on going. Uh, and I thought eventually I would just you know go back up to that level. Uh, but that went on. So after that summer season, this is a year after NACAX. Um, it's it still was not great to the point after lockdown. After lockdown, the we did a few time trials and same thing. It was it was just never the, the old Sergio. Uh, if you know what I mean. And I, I know it's important to move on and maybe go beyond who you are or learn from your past but not dwell on the past as much. I knew something was off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, and, okay, and, and after lockdown, we did a few time trials in the summer, uh, you know, socially distanced and all that. And there was this 10K, and I thought this was going to be it. This was going to sort of test this fitness. I was having an okay summer. It was, again, not amazing, but okay. And I did this 10K for Canada Day, uh, you know, and on the roads. I, I tried to pretend it was a race, all good. And I, I hit a, I don't know, like 32.30, and I was, I was like exhausted and nowhere, nowhere close to what I usually do. I, I mean, before I could run, you know, like a 30-30 easy without putting much effort. Here I went all out, hitting a 32-30. And, you know, I reached a point where I was like, maybe, maybe I just can't, maybe I just can't perform um, to that level again. Uh, maybe it's time, maybe not to hang up the shoes, but maybe just, you know, come, come to terms with it and, and understand that maybe I just can't push as much as I could. Uh, two years prior to that, uh, back at NACAX, for example. But finally, I, I decided to reach out to one more doctor, uh, and turns out it was, I mean, I don't know how long this went for, but I got a test for vitamin D, and which I, I find hilarious. That, I mean, I had gone already to five doctors in the past just to really make sure, and nobody had tested for something as simple as vitamin D. And it turns out I was vitamin D deficient. And, again, I don't know how long that must have been, Ed, uh, but I started taking the supplements right after the summer of uh, lockdown during the, the start of the pandemic. And, you know, as soon, as soon as I started taking the vitamin D supplements, I felt the improvement, like, 
the, you know, the fall of 2020, so right after the summer, I started taking the supplements and my workouts started improving. I felt a lot better. Uh, I was starting to do tempos just for 10K, just to see what I could do. And, you know, I was going back to hitting the 30, 30, 31s that I could comfortably hit on a workout uh, before NACAX and whatnot. So it really felt like it was finally coming together. But, of course, with, with, with lockdown and COVID and the pandemic, uh, there's no races going on, obviously, and as you said, I was pretty much on the on the down low in terms of the radar uh, after NACAX, essentially. I kind of disappeared, and I wasn't making as, as, as big of a statement, I guess, in races and all that. You know, I, I wasn't able to compete in, in maybe some of the more high-caliber races that have been going on. Uh, during the lockdown, just because I, I wasn't at that level, and honestly, I wouldn't have been able to compete, in my opinion. But anyway, as it improved, finally, one of my teammates, uh, Max Turek, uh, you know, maybe two weeks ago, he was training to do a half, and, you know, I've been training throughout now the fall of 2020 and then the winter of 2021, and it's going great. And now it's spring. Max is training for this half. There's no races in the horizon. I know I've been doing a lot of work. Maybe not for a half, to be honest. But but the, the day Max Turek said he was doing this half, uh, I knew it was coming up. And I talked to Paula, my coach, and she's like, well, you, you're fit. And Max is looking, you know, it'd be nice if Max had some company. Uh, to do it as well, and I totally get that it's always nice to not solo a race like that. And and, and I told myself, you know what, this this could be this could be fun. I, I I respect the half, and trust me, after the half, I knew the pain I was in. But it was it was kind of a very last minute decision. I think maybe the the if the if the half was going to happen on a Saturday, I talked to Paula, my coach, on on Thursday <laughs> to really be like, all right, are you doing it or not? And I was like, oh, sure, why not? I'll, I'll help. It'll help pace Max, and maybe it, it can help me either do a very long workout type thing or maybe just even hop in the entire half of it uh, and see what happens. <laughs> so, so, yeah, on Thursday I made the decision, and keep in mind I haven't really been training for halves. It was more, it was more like standard keeping shape type, maybe 10K, 5K range type workouts. Uh, but I knew I was fit, and, you know, this was going to either help my confidence or kind of just be like, all right, got to respect the half and keep it, <laughs> maybe stick to the 5 or the 10. Uh, but then the Saturday came along, and, you know, we hopped in. I was, it was a strange mix of I am, I'm, pace, I'm trying to pace this because I knew what Max wanted to hit target paces of 305s uh, per K to make it for uh, 65 for the half. Mm. And, you know, I i mean, I don't know if you remember, but before I was well known to kind of to take it from the gun <laughs> and sort of sort of not follow paces, but I, I, I knew my place in that race, and I definitely, I didn't want to, you know, take it off the gun, especially for a half. That's, that's definitely not going to turn out well, especially for someone that hasn't even done one in the past. Uh, so I stuck to this 305 routine. I was going to go with Max, and we were just going to offer each other company and support and get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the race started, and, you know, I'm trying to hit the 305s. We were pretty much on pace, and then maybe a, a quarter into the race, we started dropping a little more to 303s, 302s. 
I, I kept telling Max just so he knew, like, you know, look, we're going a little faster. We have a, little, a bit of leeway, uh, but we never really slowed down. We just kept going. We kept going, and we were side to side. Uh, props and cheers to all the, the MAG team uh, who helped us pace a little bit as well and cheer on through the bikes uh, and along our along the route in our in our secret route in McMaster or in Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so we, we were just neck to neck all the way to probably like kilometer nineteen or something. Uh, and you know, I, I <laughs> I've never done a half. I, I knew I would have to respect it and Kilometer 19, I was in, in this zone of either being dead or feeling really good. There's no in-between. You either, it, it comes in waves, I guess. We're really tired or you're really great. Uh, but kilometer 19, I knew it was time, and Max was still on pace. Well, he wasn't on pace anymore. We were like 302. We were going way faster than what I, ha- I had even expected kind of thing. Uh, but I guess this is where my, my competitive side finally, finally kicked in after after NACX, I would say, really, where I could finally respond in a race and not just kind of fade off, which which is really what I've been feeling ever since NACX. And I took off. I sped up just a little more, uh, managed to hold out Max uh, in front for a bit, and, you know, finished, finished the race uh, just under 64 minutes. Uh, I think it was 63.57 around there, and Max was just behind. Uh, 64.07, I might be a little off about those times, but kind of around there, ballpark time, and it was great. It was great in the sense that I, I knew I I knew I was back, you know, and it's been two frustrating years after NACAC, and it's it's nice to know I can, I can push again, especially when the going gets tough. I, I think that was what was throwing me off before. In any race, you know, halfway through or whatever it is, you you start getting tired, uh, but you just push on and you try to either speed up to finish it off well, uh, or you try to hold on. And what was different with me after NACAC was that I, I faded. I couldn't hold that uh, competitive edge, especially when the going got tough. So this half was a nice testament for me that you know I I, I do think I'm you know I, if not a hundred percent back, I'm really back to or really close back to my 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 usual old self that could push in those moments of of grit and when when the the going gets tough and you really need to put that effort you know i i ran into uh into your coach uh polishner uh, olympian polishner and uh and and that was that was something that that she said as well too that uh she said oh sergio is back that that's exactly what she said uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that that you guys. I I don't know how top secret it actually is, but but up on on the Bertram Loop, uh, I know talking with a, a lot of McMaster guys, uh, they they seem to think that there's uh, there's something magical about the place. What what can you tell me about that that workout loop and uh, and what what makes it so great? Do you think? <laughs> um, I, I think it's. It's a nice combination of things. It's it's a beautiful area, first of all, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm a guy that lives in neighborhoods and just likes to run around neighborhoods. So maybe that that suits my nature. Uh, but I think there's just very nice markers, right? There's a nice K loop, uh, 800 loop, mile loop, 2K loop. Uh, that's just very easy to know where it is, uh, and it ends, you know, right on right on Paula's uh, house, which I'm sure it's very convenient uh, for everybody. And and I don't know. It's it's just well known. Ask anybody in the team. It's a it's a fast course, uh, course quote unquote course. But every time we've we've done a lot of time trials there, like a K, 
uh, or I mean, we did the half. Uh, I know people have done 5Ks in their 3Ks, miles, and you know, pretty much everybody seems to always be close to their PVs or PV in this uh, Bertram loop. <laughs> so, so I don't know. There, there's magic on it. I know Reed, uh, after the after our half, Max and I. Uh, I was talking to him afterwards too, and he's like, "Man, this this loop like there, there's still steam coming off the ground, like it's so <laughs> hot." Like, <laughs> so I don't know. It's I don't know what makes. I, I guess it's the same question of what makes a track fast. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the environment, or I guess it's a combination of things. But uh, the Bertram loop is it's it's a nice loop. It's 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 home almost you know it's where we do our workouts and it's just great that it's also a place where we can you know put our head down and grind together and put a lot of fast times you, you know this uh this past fall um i i ran a uh you know half marathon time trial uh on the bertram loop uh myself and and i thought i was the first one there however uh my little brother paul who uh, you can can hear on the animated series as as well. Uh, he said that that no, in fact, uh, it was it was Blair Morgan who uh, who probably most notably had done uh, a half marathon time trial on there before. So we uh, we had taken to to calling it the the Bertram Blair Morgan uh, half marathon. Do you think that that uh, it, it warrants a name change now that uh, that uh, you and Andrew have uh, have done your damage to it? Um, no, I, I, I think it stays, I mean, Blair's the one that's even gave the notion, I guess, that you could do a half in that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people, if they were to see that loop and you tell them to do a half on that, they, <laughs> they'd probably shake their heads and be like, mm, maybe not, it's a lot of loops. Um, but again, there, there's something magical to it, so I, I think, I mean, Blair, Blair should definitely keep the name for that. Because uh, he, he's the he's the pioneer <laughs> for for making that uh, that reality, I guess. You know, you mentioned uh, you know Reed Coolset reaching out to you a little bit earlier, and uh, and ever since I, I moved uh, up up here to Hamilton, one thing that I noticed is that it has. Uh, just su- such a strong running community. I mean, uh, you go out on the trails and you'll see you'll see Reed Coolside out there. He'll he'll join you for a couple miles if he's if he's not working out. Uh, you know, you'll see a whole bunch of triathletes. You'll see uh, the Dundas Valley guys. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of kind of looking out for each other. Everyone's asking, you know, how everyone's training is going and stuff. It, it seems like a really really cool uh, running community here, and everything seems to be uh, you know really. Uh, interacting with e- with each other. How how have you found uh, the Hamilton community, and how has it uh, you know supported you or helped you along with your running? I I think the Hamilton community is great. Um, you're you're right. It's it, it's it's funny. Hamilton's fairly big, but somehow the running community there is pretty small. And honestly, I mean, as you may attest, like the running community in general uh, throughout Canada is fairly small. You, you, everybody kind of knows each other, and I, I think that's what makes the sport uh, great. Um, not only for competitive, but also, you know, you get that friendly um, camaraderie, and, and it's good. Uh, in terms of Hamilton, yeah, I mean, everyone. There's always someone around. Uh, most of my runs. I mean, I don't. I don't run as often there right now because of lockdown, and I live in Mississauga, obviously, and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the few times I do come, you know, right now because of my masters there, uh, I always seem to bump into someone, whether Reed uh, or one of the teammates uh, that are currently out on a run uh, during the winter. You know, I was running through uh, the Bayfront area, and oh, sorry, the Harbor, yeah, Harbor Bayfront area. 
and we we saw the I, I saw like a lot of athletes from the Hamilton Olympic Club, hmm. um, which I mean it, I don't really know them as well because they're younger younger athletes and such. But the coaches do know me, uh, and I stopped to chat uh, with Patty, for instance, uh, who coached me back in the uh, Canada Canada Summer Games in hmm. Winnipeg back then. So so yeah, it's it, it's a very nice small tight-knit community really that it's just great you know it's, it's nice to see smiling faces when you're out on a run and catch up try to catch up a little bit uh especially nice currently when you know there are no races going on and you still see them out it's nice to see people still keeping their fitness and keeping the runs going amid the amid the lockdown and such so so you mentioned that you know that the half marathon wasn't uh, initially in the cards uh, I know that you guys have been been doing some time trials, uh, you know, before things were, were fully locked down here uh, in Ontario. But uh, you know, taking a, taking a look at that, you know, as you're putting together your season and, and your training block, uh, what what were the goals for for you and uh, and Coach Paula going into this uh, this winter season this year? <laughs> well, let, let me be honest with you. There was no goal, uh, <laughs> and I, I think Paula Paula was. Uh, I mean. Paula, Paula is smart, and that uh, I mean, she knows that most of us, if not all of us, aren't really going to get into you know some some race uh, until probably fall, to be honest. Maybe hopefully late summer, we'll see. Um, so winter time, honestly, I think it, it at least for me it it really helped me out in the in the in the sense that I'm very. I'm very committed, let's say, and you know, if I see a goal in sight, I'll, I'll try to chase it. Um, but I guess the the curse from having that very go-to mentality is that I put a lot of pressure on myself sometimes, and that, that, I mean that's what made it especially difficult trying to figure out this vitamin D deficiency back then, because uh, I was always having the expectation that I wanted to perform well at the coming. Uh, goals, be it youth sports or a future competition. So, you know, during this winter and really during the whole pandemic, everything shut down and no races. And, you know, me, at least at the start of the pandemic, I knew I was nowhere close to race shape or, or to my old race shape. Uh, so not having those, I guess, uh, either short-term or even long-term uh, goals inside just just help me kind of focus on myself you know keep 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 in shape uh she was still putting the the workouts to you know maybe not peak to a, a championship race but at least kind of peak and do nicely okay in a in a time trial per se um but we we never really it, it was very casual i would say at least for me you know, uh, she would send out the workouts. I would do them, but I never really questioned. You know, what what is the race going to come up? Because uh, there there isn't any, right? And we had that conversation with Paula. Like, it's all about right now keeping keeping shape. Uh, if you want something to look for, we can do some time trials. But if not, like, don't even worry about it. And I think that that helped me a lot to to again just just kind of put my head down and and keep fit. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, you know, improve. Uh, without this extra pressure of uh, competition somewhere close in the horizon. So you, you mentioned, uh, you, you know, potentially some some races in the fall. Um, you know, maybe it's it's tough to see right now, just uh, just with the the province, uh, you know, going into into full shutdown right now. But uh, it kind of seems, with you know, with the the vaccine rollout and stuff, there there is a chance that there could be uh, some youth sport cross country this fall. Uh, you mentioned you're, you're doing your masters. What, what, what's your eligibility situation like? You know, would you be there for a potential cross country season this fall? 
Uh, yes. So, I mean, yes, like you said, fingers crossed. I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I think the cross season is, at least for university, is really on the fence right now. Um, if it actually goes ahead for you sports and whatnot, but, but yes, I do have, because I took, because I didn't compete this year because of the pandemic, uh, you know, I saved my eligibility year. And I think that did blessings to me because I am sure I would not have figured out the vitamin D until later on in the season anyway. Um, so it would have been not a good year this year, uh, but now, but now for the fall, that that's my last year of eligibility, and I am doing my masters for another year, so I am I am good to race uh, if the races do happen, kind of thing. And I know I, I really think, I mean, the McMaster team is has only improved uh, since the pandemic happened. Again, doing this working 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 with each other, and again with no races inside, at least during the time trials. I know a lot of the guys there are are really fit. And if, if U Sports does happen in the fall, I I really think maybe we can take what belongs to us, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, you know, we were, we were talking about NACX a little bit earlier, and it actually came up on, on, a, on a run the other day. You know, you were in that race with, with guys like Reed Fisher and, uh, you know, Lopez Lemong, just real, real journeymen of the sport, guys who have been around uh, for a really, really long time. Did did you were you able to to pick their brains at all? You know what what did you what did you get from from racing from with them? You know a couple of years ago. <laughs> I mean, I I always say it's the the experience of racing with that caliber of athletes is. I mean, you you can't you can't get it anywhere else unless you're actually there doing that, uh, and that's why I applaud NACAC and these organizations that while a little smaller in terms of like the international uh, outlook. They, they still provide this opportunities for athletes uh, to compete, right? Um, so, I mean, I was a completely, I feel like I was a complete different athlete two years ago in the sense that I just was very reckless. And I mean, my, my, uh, my history precedes me that I, I was well known to kind of take it off the gun and see what happens. I was a little smarter in NACAX because I knew, <laughs> I knew who I was up against. And I mean, I knew my current fitness that, I, if the race got really, really tough, I don't think I could have held on. Um, just because I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to get better at the 10k as well. Uh, and maybe you know, who knows now? Maybe I'll focus more on the 5k or even the half. We will see. Um, but I do know when the race at NACX happened, I wanted to you know try to play conservative, uh, see see what the moves would be, and if I could respond. Uh, and as the race progressed, I managed to respond to one or two of the of the you know the moves that would happen throughout the race but you know as, as the going got tough and i i think i need more more 10ks under my belt and maybe more competitions where i can run at that pace uh to to really really get that pain grit uh to hold on to the train uh having said that though running with those guys it was awesome. i wish i it was awesome i wish i could have uh you know talked to them a little more uh, but it is what it is. Uh, I guess you you talk with your feet <laughs> in athletics sometimes. Uh, so I mean, I would love to be in races like that again, where where the caliber is high and you can stick on a train, put your head down, and you know put the work, and because that's how you learn uh, to know your limits and to know how much you can really push. 
All right. Well, I'll leave you with uh, with one more question here, uh, Sergio. You know, as 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 we kind of wrap things up, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned that that 2019 was it was a bit of a down year for you. But uh, may I remind you that uh, that you won the the New Balance Terminal Mile uh, Distance Medley Relay Cup. You were a part of that team. Uh, how is uh, how is a potential distance medley relay team coming from the Harbor Track, uh, folks, this year? How uh, how how would that look? You know how. What 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 do you think as far as middle distance guys go uh, there right now? How would they do? For the for the Metley relay, that's a, yeah, <laughs> that's a great that's a great race. Uh, um, oh, I mean, I like like as I was hinting for cross. Yes, we have the depth in endurance, um, but I am very confident we also have the depth in you know the med D or the short range. Uh, distances required for the the medley relay. Um, I mean, we I know we have like at, right now currently for Harvard track we we have like Andrew and and Max, uh, uh, Sam. There's there's just uh, there's so many people I can really list to be honest that could take on someone and put a hard battle. So even coming up with a team is not easy for me to you know put it straightly. Like, who would do the the mile? Who would do the eight and so on? Uh, but what I can tell you is that I do think we could we could put a lot of damage because uh, I, I know we have the speed. I, I know I have the speed. Uh, whether we whether we work on that a little more this summer to maybe t- tackle it for the terminal mile uh, or sorry the, the the terminal metal really. I mean, I I think that's something to talk about with the coach. But I, I do think we we can definitely put a team and put a nice competition going and, and see what happens. All right. Well, I will hold you to that. Sergio, you know, uh, man, a big race for you. doesn't sound like you did any, uh, any tapering at all, but a 63-57 half marathon debut uh, on, on a fairly small course. Uh, you know, congratulations, and it's, it's really great to see you back as, as far as that goes. And, hey, man, th- thanks a lot for being on the show this week. No, thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, it's always good to catch up. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully this pandemic ends soon. Uh, I'm, I'm everybody keeping safe and all and you know looking forward to races and and having that community back again right that's what makes the sport great just being being alongside many great athletes and many great supporters big thanks to sergio and if you really like this episode go talk about it with a few running buddies that way we can really grow this thing amongst the runners in this country of course you can also go and like subscribe rate review wherever you listen and follow us on twitter and instagram at the terminal mile My name is Michael Rokas, and you've been listening to The Terminal Mile.